Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Scott Orn about remote work and how organizations are dealing with it and learning to thrive during COVID. Scott Orn, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to have the chance to chat about remote work and this current COVID situation and how organizations are dealing with all of this and how employees are dealing with all of this. I think it'll be a great topic for discussion today. And it was fun chatting with you in the pre-interview, just getting to know a little bit more about you and understanding a little bit more about your background. As we get started, I want to share Scott's uh, bio with the listeners. Scott Orn runs um, and operations at Cruise Consulting, a fast-growing startup uh, CFO consulting firm that works with over 250 startup clients. Uh, Cruise is based in San Francisco with clients in the Bay Area, Los Angeles, and New York. In addition to his operations responsibilities, Scott runs the venture debt consulting practice at Cruise. In his spare time, he publishes the Founders and Friends podcast, which interviews startup CEOs, investors, and other service providers in the startup ecosystem. I could really go on and on about Scott and his background. He has tremendous um, uh, educational background and lots of great uh, professional background at, at various organizations. Uh, I'll let Scott perhaps um, share a little bit more about that himself. Uh, but Scott, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure uh, to be with you today. Thanks, John. My uh, my mom's gonna love that. Like you did that so well. My my background. She's gonna be very proud of me. Um, <laughs> just listen to the podcast. Yeah, the, my the quick background. You you nailed it. I I work at Cruise. We've grown really a ton. My wife started the company eight years ago. I joined five years ago. I was a third person. And now we're 65 people and, and we're, we're, we're remote, which is really going to probably is something we're going to talk about in the conversation. And we did that two years ago and it really kind of opened up the business for us and allowed us to hire better people, frankly. Um, and before that, I worked in venture capital for nine years. So I've, I've invested in a lot of startups. I did like Angie's List and Upwork and Impossible Foods, FreshBooks, tons of companies. But I wanted to live that entrepreneurial life, and so that's when I joined Vanessa. So, and then I'm I'm super fortunate. I have a, a beautiful. I'm actually married to Vanessa, our founder at work, and she's my wife. We started working together before we were married, and then we have a very very beautiful two and a half year old daughter. So we're we got a lot going on. We got the company and and a little baby. Hey, congratulations! That's that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, Thanks. You know, kids, kids are amazing. They're a handful and take a lot of time and, and cause you to lose a lot of sleep. 
Um, I have six children, but mine are a oh, little. Oh wow, bit, good for you. Mine are a little bit older. Uh, my my oldest is sixteen. My youngest is seven. All right, sorry. Uh, yeah, seven. Um, so you know we've gone through the the baby and toddler stage with all of them, and and man, I I feel for you because I know it can be challenging, but it's it's a it's a blessing and it's a it's a wonderful time. Yeah, I was just congratulating my daughter this morning that she had slept through the night two nights in a row in her own bed. And she was like beaming. And all I could think about was like, please keep the streak going over the weekend. Come on, kid. come on, kid. <laughs> Let's do oh, this. I, so. I can relate so well. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you have six, that means like pretty much one every, you know, if one kid has an issue every day, you know, one day a week, you got an issue every day. So that's, that's, I'm sure keeping you very busy. <clears throat> yeah. It's fun. Well, and, and amid, I mean, it relates to what we're talking about today too. Amidst COVID, one of the challenges that organizations have been facing, you know, they, they have to figure out what, what, who needs to be in person at the workplace, um, who's, who may be customer facing, you know, where we need people physically there, who can work remotely, what's that balance look like. Um, but then people working at home, you know, I work from home, my wife works from home, we have six kids, we're trying to help them do their, you know, not now over the summer, but during the school year, we're trying to help them do school. Um, and man, it's hectic, it's, it's, it's a challenge. And, and so employees are dealing with all of that while also just dealing with the broader stresses and anxieties around the pandemic and the social isolation that comes with it. But also, you know, we have the, we have the, the political environment in an, in an election year with heightened tensions and yeah. we have heightened tensions around, um, you know, systemic inequalities and race and LGBTQ. LGBTQ plus issues and all, you know, all the stuff that's piling on. That's, that's the context in which people are now kind of working from home and employers trying to figure out how do we, how do we engage our employees remotely? How do we help them with their mental health and their need for connection? How do we help them be productive and, and continue to innovate in the space where companies are struggling to stay afloat? You know, it's, wow, it's, it's, it's quite the fun environment. It's crazy. <clears throat> well, I know we actually, we have a lot of data on startups we work with. And so, and we were in the Wall Street Journal, I think on Monday or Tuesday, uh, this, we're taping this in late July, where we actually saw 50% of our clients uh, eliminate their WeWork subscriptions, like their office subscriptions. And so, you know, <clears throat> there's kind of no going back right now, like we don't really have a lot of choice. And so the companies that I see doing the best in this environment are the ones that are embracing it and actually building the infrastructure, the tools, the communication, the processes, like the weekly one-on-ones, the weekly group meetings, the all hands meeting every week, all that infrastructure is what allows you to run a company remotely. And so the companies that we see that are struggling are the ones that are kind of trying to do this, how, how they used to always do it, but they don't have that crutch of like running into each other in the hallway or popping into a conference room or things like that. So my overall arching advice for a lot of these companies is build those processes, Zoom, Slack, those are like your two best friends, you know, in, in communicating remotely with your team. And then there's a ton of like fun stuff that you can do. Like I know for us that one of the most popular Slack channels we have in the whole company is called Top Chefs. And it's people posting pictures of the amazing food they cook at home. And like everyone loves it. And it's one of those things that it becomes kind of a magnet for Slack. So it draws people in. 
and they're used to communicating. We also have a diversity channel where people post about, you know, different ethnic groups or different holidays coming up or things like that. And, and we did that before like the, the Black Lives Matter movement started. It was just kind of a, a one of our actual, our team members, Janika, started that channel. But those are some of the things that become kind of the connective tissue of the company because we can all kind of see the same stuff and talk about it and we're doing it in a structured environment. But I really do, I, I, I'm in some like COO coaching groups and things like that in some online groups. And I see that I just really encourage people to spend the time to build that infrastructure to make communication more of a habit and make it easier. That's how you're, how we're all going to get through the COVID stuff in the workplace. That's great uh, advice, great tips. And I love, I love the focus on still providing remote virtual ways for people to have that, that connection, whether it be through zoom virtual, um, happy hour, um, having, having team meetings on a regular basis, doing check-ins with each other, seeing how everyone's doing the Slack channels, all, all yeah. great, great advice. Um, so I'm curious what you have found, uh, in your company specifically, um, in terms of the challenges that have arisen because of the remote work, you know, we, we, we were just talking about some things you can try to do to create that connection. And, and I do believe most people want to be effective in their jobs. And most people, even when they're working remotely, they're, they're going to do their work. They're going to get things done. Um, but it, but things don't always go smoothly. And sometimes there's a need for course correction. So what are some of those things you found over the um, last four months? Yeah, I think, well, and, and we went remote two and a half years ago. I, I vividly remember the moment when we decided to do it. We were actually on vacation and Vanessa and I are sitting there on like the, the steps of our little apartment. And we had this, we had a, a good problem in that our company was growing super fast and there was a lot of demand for our services but we could just not hire like the top tier people in San Francisco, LA and New York. It just was like too expensive. The big companies like Google and Apple and they were poaching people. Even if we got someone who was really strong, they would leave in nine months. So it was just like this real dilemma because we just had like a fundamental problem in the business. And I remember Vanessa saying like, we, we had tried to do remote about four years earlier. It didn't work. And it was because we didn't have, a lot of processes like scheduling. We didn't have grading of work. We didn't have process check-ins. We didn't have a good project management software. And so, but, but she reflected in that moment and said, you know, I think we've built enough process to be able to hold people accountable if they're not doing their job and reward people and recognize people who are doing a great job in that environment. And so we, we did it, we pulled the trigger. And I remember like going back into our hotel room and putting a bunch of job postings up like that minute because we needed people that badly. And so one of the big challenges we saw early on was, um, and this is, this is going to happen to people right now in COVID because COVID came so quickly. It's really hard to have, um, it, when people go back into office, having a physical group, like a presence physically together, and then having like half the company remote is actually really difficult for the people who are remote because they are missing out on some of those uh, hallway conversations and popping into the conference rooms and things like that. So my advice to people is, even if you're gonna have physical offices when COVID is over, is to build, again, build those processes and build those tools 
so that everyone is on the equal playing field and there's no kind of perception of favorites. Cause even if you're not favoring people who are physically there, the people who are remotely don't always know that. And so it's, it's just kind of difficult for them. So, so being fully remote is actually the way to go in my opinion. The other challenges we saw were, were actually scripting out workflows became very important with like weekly deadlines. When before what we found was people, and, and part of this is like the people we hired previously four or five years ago were maybe not as mature and didn't understand what it took to work remotely. And the whole movement was a lot earlier in its movement. But now we have very prescriptive deadlines and those deadlines, if you don't hit them, they affect your teammates. And so there's this like positive incentive system for people to reach out and check on, you know, Hey, how's that coming along? Is that almost done? Cause you know, I need to get my workout by Thursday or Friday. And so having it all in a good project management system, we use something called Mavenlink is very, very helpful because it makes it all transparent. And so at any moment, anyone in the company can see where the work is and what needs to happen and they can see where the bottlenecks are. So, so project management software can actually make the whole process transparent and help you get rid of the bottlenecks. So those, the, you know, having a remote first culture, using all the tools and then having a good project management software or tool set it, are probably the three most important things. And if I was to add one more, I would say, have build a really nice recognition system. So we have seven core values at our firm and every week on the Monday morning meeting, we go over, we call it core values in action and we call out people who've done a really amazing job. And then at the end of the presentation, we have another section where we just call it quick shout outs for people who did a great job on something. And then finally we have a tool called bonusly, which I really like it sits inside of Slack and allows you to give like micro bonuses to people and it, makes an announcement to the whole company in Slack, like, hey, John did a great job recording the podcast today. He gets 20 bonusly points. And it sounds like not a lot, but they add up and we have people cashing out like $1,000 Amazon gift certificates and things like that. And it's not the monetary aspect of it, it's the recognition aspect of it. So if, if, you, if you can do those four things, you're, you're most of the way there. Now it's, it's always easier to say this stuff, <laughs> but actually executing on it just takes time. And that's kind of why I say like, get going now, don't wait. Cause the longer you wait, it just takes, it's just, it just takes longer to get, get in the flow. Yeah. Great practical tips. I, I love all of that. And you know, it was interesting how you were talking about the difference between a completely remote um, company versus the balance and the, the tightrope you have to walk if you have, some remote workers and some people in the office because there's there's something about that intangible like you're, you when you're there physically there's just organic things that arise you bump into people in the elevator or you know the the kind of cliche water cooler moments or you know you just you just you interact with people <clears throat> in informal ways that can lead to um collaborations and new yep. projects and new assignments and you know all sorts of things that could be seen or perceived as, um, you know, giving giving people in the physical workspace, you know, greater opportunity. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's not necessarily the case, but you have to be careful of that. And, and so a lot of the ideas that you had about how to create that connection and how to make sure that people still feel um, like they have those same types of opportunities, even in a remote environment. I mean, that's really, really important. Because yeah. I, I, I suspect most companies, there will be some companies that come out of COVID that were traditionally, um, you know, brick and mortar, physical workspaces that are just going to move completely remotely because they've figured out, hey, this actually works quite well. We're going to save a lot of money, um, you know, in terms of uh, overhead costs. So we're going to do this. Um, but I think most companies will probably just go back to some sort of a mix. They'll, they'll um, realize that, yeah, we can do remote work but we don't want everyone doing remote or maybe they'll have like, you can rem work remote a couple days a week and the rest of the yeah. time you're in the workplace. I think there's going to be a lot of those hybrid approaches that start to emerge when we come out of COVID. Um, so it'll be super interesting to see how that, that takes place. Yeah. But companies need to be really thoughtful. Like you talked about, they need to be re really thoughtful and careful about how they do that so that everyone has equal opportunity and it could potentially lead to a lot of problems in terms of morale, in terms of, fairness and equity, um, all those sorts of issues. Yeah. One of the ways we, I think you, you touched upon it, like that, that magic that happens when people are together. And so we do once a year, at least an all hands get together. And so we went, everyone in the company came to Las Vegas last year, just cause it was a central place where we were very aggressive about encouraging, not, you know, not getting out of control in Vegas because <laughs> we didn't want people doing anything they regret. But we had a three-day offsite where we got to sit in like a conference room, a big conference room together and have presentations. Everyone in the company made presentations. We had some guest speakers. We did dinner every night. And <clears throat> I'm on the older side, so the younger people went out and had fun in Vegas. And that was bonding for them, too. But I do think there's a magic in getting together at least once. And I know this year we were going to try to do it twice, but COVID hit. Um, so I do think you can kind of capture some of that and some of those like we're human beings, we're social creatures. We do like to be around other people. So it, it does help to get together. And, you know, it is kind of expensive to do that, but we just looked at it as an investment and said, you know what, like what other, this is one of the most high, the highest ROI things we can invest in our people and getting them together and building that connective tissue. So, so we pulled the trigger and I, I was, I loved it. It was really fun. And I, we got so much good feedback. So if you're, <clears throat> if you're remote, um, and you know, obviously it's hard to get together in a place like Las Vegas or Arizona or somewhere like that now. Uh, but if you do go remote, I really recommend you do that once a year at least. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, you know, I've been, I've been completely remote. I, you know, I, I'm a professor full-time. I do consulting stuff on the side. I've been to campus, you know, I live a mile from campus, but I've been to campus maybe twice for a grand total of 45 minutes in the last four months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? So I'm, I'm completely remote. And then all the consulting work is done completely remotely. Yeah. And our team, you know, does our get togethers and stuff. I was in a retreat. Um, this was for uh, some of the university work that I do. I was in, you know, what we would normally do is like a physical retreat. We go out and we do the brainstorming, we do this strategic planning and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we, instead they, they wanted to do it all on um, Microsoft teams and um, I've been in a couple of these over the last several weeks. The first one I was in, they actually scheduled like an eight hour Microsoft Teams virtual meeting. Oh, um, wow. That's right. That, that was brutal. And yeah. I would not advise that. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so when I was with another group and we were planning out, like we need to do, we need to do this. We don't want to do this in person. Um, how are we going to do it? And so we just decided to break it up and have smaller meetings throughout the week. And that worked much better, but it still doesn't have the same feel, you know, or the same um, energy, you know, when you're with each other in person and doing the brainstorming and stuff. And so having those opportunities to meet physically um, with appropriate precautions, um, you know, for social distancing and whatever to make sure people are healthy and safe, but having that opportunity is something that you definitely want to invest in because uh, it does, it, uh, it will pay dividends like you mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so whether that's a, a once a year offsite, you know, um, you know, fun, fun engagement opportunity or it's physical retreats for strategic planning or whatever it might be. I don't know. Uh, finding those opportunities on a regular basis, I think will be valuable. I totally agree. And, and to your point about those long zoom or Microsoft team meetings, like the human, I just don't think the human brain and eyes can stare at a screen that long and pay attention. And, uh, and I, I'm in some coaching groups and, and we've had to, um, um, we used to do like an eight hour day getting together and you can't do that. And it just, your, your, your attention span, the fatigue, and you're not really accomplishing anything. So I'd shoot for a much shorter, like a two hour segment instead of an eight hour segment, but just know you're going to get, you know, it's going to be a nice return on the invested time there instead of trying to go like the, the whole day sounds good when you're planning it, but it's not good when you're actually experiencing it through video, video screens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Scott, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. I, I wish we had more time, uh, but we're about um, out of time. Before we part ways, I do want to give you a chance to share more about um, your work, your podcast, how people can get connected with you and learn more about what you're doing. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for the, thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. And yeah, just reach out to us, Cruise Consulting, K-R-U-Z-E, Consulting. We, we always say Cruise with a K. And, uh, and we put a lot of resources, like free resources on our website for startups. So you can get free financial models, know the best software applications you use if you're starting a business. And we're always there to answer questions if you need it. And then, uh, yeah, just check out my podcast, Founders and Friends. Uh, I interview startup CEOs and VCs and, and folks like that. So it's, a, it's exactly this format. Like you do a really good job of having a very conversational and friendly format. And I try to do the same thing on my podcast. And I just really appreciate your time, John. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I really encourage listeners to reach out to Scott, um, check out his podcast, find out more about what he's doing with his, his work and see if there's a way that you can get connected and, and, uh, and work with Scott. It's been a real pleasure having the conversation today. I hope everyone will be able to find success in their remote work or phys in-person physical work, however it may play out. Stay healthy and safe and have a wonderful week. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.